Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Top of the day to everyone. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday, February 10th. It is, you're never going to believe this, Wayne. What is it? You're never going to believe this. It is nine degrees outside right now. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's six o'clock in the morning. It's dark out and it's nine degrees in Edmonton. I opened the door and let Reggie out this morning and I was like, what is this warm breeze coming through my door? Mm, one it, more reason to be investing in Edmonton. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's going to just be a gorgeous day. So Really? Yeah. So, yeah, if if there's a day where you're able to uh, get out and enjoy it, it's it's definitely today. Gab, I'm going to take you out for a patio beer today. <laughs> patio beer. Nice. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, we are broadcasting live on the Podbean app. Live every morning. Uh, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, 8 a.m. Eastern, 11, 12, 12, (laughs) 1.30 in Newfoundland, (laughs) whatever time zone that is. Yeah. And for the, uh, the true, the true, uh, go-getters, uh, 5 a.m. on the Pacific side of the, uh, country, which, uh, Props, props to those of you that are waking up live at uh, 5 a.m. every morning to watch the show or listen to the show. Um, you know, you can definitely listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of those uh, podcast platforms uh, afterwards. But the true value is coming in live every morning and getting your questions answered. And today is one of those days, okay? Today is one of those days that you should get your questions in. Q&A Thursday. <laughs> answered. Um. Are you trying to suggest that we have not come prepared with a full one hour presentation on? I'm not here to perform for you. I'm not here to present (laughs) every day. I don't come prepared with a one hour presentation five days a week. I am mortal. I am just a man. I have a business. I'm a dad. I, I do lots of cool stuff in real estate. And uh, that is just, you're asking way too much of me. But what I do provide is a platform where you can come every morning, ask your questions, ask to get kicked in the ass, ask to be held accountable, and we'll do that for you for free. Mm -hmm. Free coaching every morning, free accountability every morning, so that when you're done at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever, lunchtime, (laughs) when you're done with the show, you can go and take action. Okay, so, you know, that's that's on you. If you're not asking the great questions and you're not asking to be held accountable, that's on you. We are now 41 days into the year. Is that 12, 13% of the year? Something like that? Gone. Gone. 2022 is like, it's almost gone, guys. It's, um... So you got to take some action. 
right? And and one day at a time, one little, you know. And, and eleven point two percent of the year. My math was a little off. <laughs> um, yeah, you got to take a little bit of action every day, and it doesn't need to be much, mm-hmm. right? Just write down two things you're going to do every day. Two things. Annette has a question. And if, if, like you're, if you're a go-getter, do three things every day. Just write down three things. It depends on what kind of schedule you have and routine. But uh, if you can just write down two things that you can do every day, then that means you're going to do 600 and 700 and uh, <laughs> 708 things. Is that right? No. Uh, 728 things? No. Yeah. 730. <laughs> 360. Oh boy. You're normally really good at math. I am not impressed with you right 730? now. 730? 730. 730. 730. Yeah. Is it how many? 730. How many days are in a year? You're 65. Oh boy. Let me take one more sip of my little coffee here. Um, hmm. Annette has a great question. 730 things that you do every year. If you could get 730 action items done this year important items yeah right 700 and and like how far you be like i said to my mastermind group last night your action items aren't loading and unloading the dishwasher they're things that are getting you closer to your goals oh my god if i heard someone say that in a mastermind (laughs) no nobody did (laughs) okay if if i showed up to a mastermind and that was in there i i would i my lid would blow <laughs> off <laughs> sorry no but sometimes when um when people are new to setting goals it's like and and then you're a part of a mastermind group and it's saying okay what are you going to go out and do over the next two weeks and it's time to action plan people start thinking about their to-do list like um you know i need to call this person and book this inspection at that property and i need to oh yeah i need to book the cleaning at that rental property too yes those are things that you need to do in your business those are management tasks yeah yeah. those are management tasks those aren't like action items to get you to what your goals are growth yeah so um because you can just continue to do management tasks every single day two management tasks a day and then you're what you're doing is you're managing your business and you're never going to get any further and you'll always be busy oh trust me there's (laughs) always more like Dear God, do you remember we used to have a to-do app? Like we had an app that yeah. like to-do list. And like we had so many cool ideas. You know what we need to do? We need to um go to all of our properties and get all the serial numbers for all the appliances. And that thing sat on our list for the longest time. And that was one of our big things. That's our action item for the day. How why how in the hell is getting all the serial numbers for all of our appliances gonna help us go further? Mm-hmm. No, it's going to help us when one of the appliances goes down so that we don't have to ask someone, our tenant, to take go a and picture, look, of, take a picture of it. Yeah. We're saving <laughs> ourselves time. We're being more productive. No, but we're not growing. Your action items for for your mastermind, for your accountability, for they need to be things that are they're going to help you get to your goal. You need to take your goal. You need to reverse engineer it and then set action items to get you to each milestone towards that goal. Mm-hmm. So choose your 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 action action items items. yeah and and your um your outcomes accordingly not 
emptying the dishwasher, not calling the accountant. Unless, of course, you're starting a brand new business and the thing that is holding you back is talking is from from actually moving forward and doing other things to grow your business is having a conversation with your accountant. Yeah. Then that is an action item. Yeah. I was going to say that definitely can be if like if if you, yeah, you're starting a growing business, like that can be an important task to help you move forward. Same thing with like having a meeting with your mortgage broker. Like you need a to clear get path. The answers to get the that answers. you need yeah. to know the like to figure out yeah. the you So know, in those cases, need. yeah, making those calls and having those conversations are important action items. Yes. Yeah. Um, 730, 730. I just want to, I, I, we, I passed that and we forgot about it for a second. I don't know if any of you guys wrote that two action items towards your goals, towards your, your, your best life every day is 730 a year. That's a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. You said there was a question. Yeah. Uh, first, would we like to go over our upcoming events? Yes. Yes, I would, Gabby. Okay. <laughs> uh, our real estate investing cabinet retreat, the calendar tells me that it's in two weeks. The real estate investing cabinet retreat, the three-day event, is in two weeks. So we are super excited about that. Um, what is it? Well, you get to spend the whole weekend with Gabby and I and other ambitious real estate investors at a cabin in Alberta Beach, all accommodations included, food and drink, everything. Get to spend the. I'm, I'm not talking about like you stay at a cabin and then like you know you walk over to like a common area and we do a presentation. We do eight hours. No, you stay at the ca- same cabin as us. Mm-hmm. We wake up at. I'm normally up around five, six o'clock. I shower, I get ready, and then you know by seven o'clock I'm you know, making coffee and I'm sitting and I'm, I'm chatting with the other people who are up early. We have breakfast around eight, and we get started around nine. And we go from nine until basically people start falling asleep, which is normally around midnight. It's a long, long day, 15 hours. And then the next day that we do the exact same thing. Yeah. It's three days of that. Three days of spending it with us. We're going to spend the whole weekend with you. We're going to help you reverse engineer your goals. And from there, we're going to build a real estate investing business that you can put on autopilot that's going to get you there. Hands down, I... I, I don't know how to say it any other way. It is literally what everyone needs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm biased, but. Yeah. No, for sure. You don't know what you don't know. And most people starting out are just like, um, I don't know what analogy to use, but there's just so much information and where do I start? And I don't know what my first property should be. And I don't. I don't know who to talk to about this and yeah. what you can do that. Like, I, I didn't know that. And I, oh, that changes things. And like, you just don't know what you don't know. And for us to be able to say, what are your resources? What do you want out of life? What, like, where are you headed? What do you want? What, then, what do you want? Then to like crack open all of the opportunities and all of the paths that you can take and what that would provide you and how quickly that would get you there. Um, it's it's mind blowing, life changing, <laughs> life changing. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of people here that are on this podcast, and I mean, if you've seen any of our promotional stuff before, um, and you've seen who was there, go and reach out to them and ask them. It's like they're yeah. not going to pressure you to do anything you don't want to do. Um, this is only for people who actually really are really really wanting to take it to the next step. Yeah, right. That are struggling, that can't seem 
you know, to, to get motivated or inspired to do 730 items a day or a year, or perhaps they, they think that I'm just going to do burrs because that seems like a logical thing because some guy in a podcast said it and that, but you don't, you, like, if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to reach it. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of cool things that we can, once, once Gabby and I have a good understanding of what it is that you're trying to do and what you have, we can help tweak it to get you there significantly faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went and met with, uh, one of my mentees yesterday and we were talking and we talked about something that happened at the last cabinetry or second last one. And, uh, and he was asking about a specific strategy. He said, like, I'll be honest with you. I did not know that was a thing before. Yeah. And the way that you explained it. And then, then we, I thought it was one thing. And then you, you were able to spin it in a different way that actually made sense for me. And he's like, it's just a no brainer. Yeah. I, like I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. So those those are the, the kind of aha moments that you're going to have because uh, Gabby and I have been trained just about every real estate investing strategy. We've used all of them. So we know what applies for what type of situations mm-hmm. and what's going to get you there significantly faster. Mm-hmm. And then if you have five strategies in front of you, I'm going to be able to tell you which one's right for you because we've been through them. Because it's not just about getting you to your goals. It's also about making sure that you're checking all the boxes that are important to you in life making sure that you're still spending time with your family on the journey, making sure that you're still fulfilled every single day yeah. and you're not just sacrificing the next 10 to 15 years to get some Maserati. Like what, why, right? You wasted 15 years of your life and you ruined your relationship with your kids for over some Maserati or some house, right? So yeah, it's, and it's, also it's a you, full package. Yeah. And you also get basically like a mini rapid cash crash course from oh. Barry and Donna McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> um, they'll be talking about all of the um, creative investing methods that they do in the rapid cash course, which they do have coming up in May as well. But they go over all of those. And yeah, I, I'd call it a mini crash course, mini rapid cash. <laughs> I'm probably not supposed to say this because it's not always going to be guaranteed, but um, but it's almost guaranteed. It's kind of a surprise. I don't know if I should say it or not. Don't say it. Okay, I'm going to say it. <laughs> um, Barry and Donna have been known to give away courses yes. at the event. This is a small group. The, the chances of winning are high. <laughs> very, very probable chances of winning prizes. We do lots of prizes throughout the weekend as well. So it's not just, oh, is this worth this? Well, th- just keep in mind that we add as much value as possible, as much value as possible. And one of those things is that Barry and Donna give away courses yeah. and they let you choose. Yeah. If that's the kind of thing that you're into. So yeah. it's definitely worth it. It's two weeks away. So if you're going to be, if you're signing up, sign up this week. Seriously. Yeah. And then of course we have the incredible um, Cheryl Wilkes uh, talking about mortgages and um, creating a path for, you know, getting the most mortgage uh, qualifying ability. She's our broker. <laughs> she is our broker and she and a is reason. mind-blowingly smart um, and creative and yeah, just so knowledgeable. We've <clears throat> actually sent quite a few people her way recently and all of them have the same feedback. It's like, whoa, <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be a great presentation. And then the Calvin Realty. Uh, Calvin Hexter, his team. Always brings a show, always brings a shit yeah. ton of energy. Yeah. Lots he of he energy. brings lots of energy. Yeah. And so much knowledge. So like another incredibly smart human being. Yeah. Yeah. Really knows his stuff. Um, there's a reason why we, we, we bring the people that we work with because we trust them. Yeah. 
yeah, there are team members for a reason. Yeah, I've been through lots of team members, and there's a reason why, you know, I, we call it our power team. It's because they're reliable. Yeah. And they do a great job, and they're knowledgeable, so that I don't have to think about that stuff. Yeah. Um, Annette is waiting so patiently for her question, <laughs> and I don't even know what the question is. I can't find it. <laughs> so if you could read it to me, that would be amazing. I will. Anyways, you guys, so if you're... I, we, we hope that we see you there at the cabin retreat. Yeah, I was going to say, um, if if you're thinking about it, um, secure your spot. <sighs> we, what? Gabby's chili. <laughs> For those of you who have been there before, Gab makes homemade chili and homemade garlic buns. Oh my God, so, so good. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. That's okay. No, just... Uh, uh, or two, I think Wayne just said two weeks away, so um, stop procrastinating. Just do it. Okay, and that's question. We are doing our townhouse burr, and we want to make sure we get our desired ARV after repair value. The basement is disgusting. <laughs> How far should we go in fixing up the basement? Okay, so... Um, Don't. Simple answers? <laughs> Yeah, that, um, okay. So I was just going to further um, explain just in, in case that didn't make sense to some people. <laughs> what? So You want an explanation? No, so she, <laughs> no. So um, Annette and um, her partner have picked up a townhouse. They are renovating it. They're burying it. So buying it, renovating <clears throat> it, uh, renting it, refinancing it, and through the refinance, getting their uh, renovation money out. And, and, their, and their down payment and money. their down payment money and then they're going to recycle those funds and do it again and have that as a rental in their portfolio yes so they want to make sure that they get um a good enough after repair value that they can refinance and get all or at least really close to all of their money out mm -hmm. um so that they basically are, are sitting with a pretty little townhouse in their portfolio that they mm -hmm. have almost no money into yeah um, and so and a, her, and a bunch of equity and profits. Yes. So her question is, you know, they, they're trying to put just enough money into it that they're going to get a really good after repair value, but they don't, it's a, it's a rental. So they're mm -hmm. not going overboard with quartz countertops and flashy stuff. Right. So do they need to touch the basement? Do they need to do anything to it? Or is the appraiser going to go down there and be like this place needs to be condemned <laughs> and and give you really crappy arv mm -hmm. is that a good explanation yes yes so uh, at first you need to understand how appraisers work yes explain Wayne. um i'm not an appraiser but what appraisers do is they they pull comparables just like a real estate um realtor does um what they'll do is they'll pull all of the properties that have similar square footage uh, same amount of bedrooms, um, basement attachments, um, in that area or in this, in this scenario, normally they'll do in that complex. In the complex yeah. If there's none in that complex so in the last six months, they will go to similar complexes with similar condo fees. Com uh, townhouses are a little complicated because, um, a townhouse across the street in a different complex is not the same because, you know, that one might not have the roof redone. That one might have a crappier reserve. 
that one might have um, condo fees that are $50 difference. So it's hard for them to, to make that comparison. So they try and find the best, when they say comparables, they're trying to find the best comparisons that have sold in the last six months. Yeah. Because the market is the market. Whatever something like yours sells for, that determines what it is worth. So they're going to do that first and they're going to pull all the comps. And they're going to take the average. They're going to add them all up and do a mean average, right? So add them all up and divide it by the, the amount of properties. And that's going to determine their starting point. They're also they're going to go through all those individuals, um, those individual listings that have sold properties. And they're going to look and see what did those properties have? Did they have a garage? Did they have a, um, was the kitchen updated? Was the bathroom updated? They're, you know, if, if one of them has like um, granite and it's got a giant island and yours is a uh, granite countertop, I mean, and yours is a small kitchen with a laminate countertop, then what they'll likely do is they'll just knock a little bit off of yours, just a little bit, right? Um, maybe a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks, but for the most part, it's the best comparable. So they'll probably keep it within that range. Um, if yours was unrenovated and it was original, then they would use comps for original yeah. properties that have sold. If yours is renovated, they'll use renovated ones. So, so long as you're checking off the same boxes as the ones that sold new kitchen, new bathroom, new floor, new paint, new baseboards, new light fixtures, new toilets, you know what I mean? Then, then you're good. You're going to get the exact same because mm -hmm. we had, um, ironically, I, I know the property you're talking about, Annette, and we had a property in the exact same complex just a little over a year ago. And we did a refinance on that. And I mean, I, I'd, I wish I could show you how it looked. Mm-hmm. Like it was bad. And we spent about five to $7,000 just like cleaning it up. Mostly like repairing, you know, the toilet that was falling over and like, just like a good deep yeah, clean. Yeah, we didn't replace really anything. Kept the original kitchen and like it's, it was not good. Yeah, the basement was a dungy. The basement yeah. was <laughs> very similar to yours, actually less finished. Yeah. And it looked worse. And all of that, we just did a good deep clean with fresh, do we fresh coat of paint? Or mm -hmm. some walls we did a fresh coat of paint. Like it wasn't much. Okay. And we got, when we got our appraisal, we got the best comparable in the area. It wasn't in the complex. We were expecting like 180. We got 205. Yeah. Blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Um, but here's why that comparable had a finished basement. Ours had a finished basement. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. As long as it's not like partially finished, then he'll, he'll find something that's partially finished. If his best comparables are all finished basements, then he's going to knock the price off a little bit because yours is partially finished because yours doesn't have a ceiling or whichever. Um, so if it's finished, they will, they will give you the benefit. They, they will appraise it as a finished yeah. basement. So I wouldn't worry too, too much. What you really need to do, what you can control is um, make sure you come prepared. Make sure you have your realtor pull comparables before you, before you go and have them printed out so that, and then you can meet them there and say hi and just be your awesome, pleasant self. 
and some appraisers are, you know, they're quiet and some appraisers are talk chatty. Um, You know, they're just normal people. This is their job. This is what they do. I told you exactly what they do. They pull comps, they go, they check boxes. You know, they probably have um, a sheet where they check off, you know, finished basement, updated kitchen, everything else. They take all that information. They take it back to the office. They pull the comps and they, they compare the two. This one had a finished basement. This one had a uh, granite countertops. This one had a new roof, pop, 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 pop. And they'll compare it to other listings and they say that's what it is. But if you're there, um, a lot of times they'll ask you a few questions. You know, what are you doing? Are you buying this? Are you refinancing it? Oh, you're refinancing it. Okay. And you say, yeah, it's a rental property. You know, just um, we did a little bit of work here. We did this. We added this. We did this. And he'll, they'll ask you questions. And if you're pleasant, and nice, then then they'll go out of your their way to 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 make sure that they give you the best that they can get, that they can give you. Mm-hmm. This is their job. They need to. They still need to answer to someone within their their company, right? If they ever get audited, and, and I don't know how their whole system works. I don't know or their profession. I don't know if they have um, quality um, assurance within their business. You know, someone coming in auditing reports right? Just like any other inspections or appraisals business, you know what I mean? Like they need to be held accountable. So there, there's probably is a QA department. So they're going to be checking in so that whatever they do, whatever they give you, um, they, they need to be held accountable to it. Um, because banks are hiring them to make sure that if they lend it to you, that you are not exceeding 80% of the value of the loan, mm-hmm. loan to value, sorry. So if they can justify it, they'll do it for you. If you're nice, if you're prepared, um, we've had, I've had some where they've, they've come in and be like, so what do you think it's worth? Or what are you expecting it to be? And I'll say, well, you know, obviously I pull comps just like you're going to do. And we've obviously got the one over here. And I don't know if you've seen these or not. And he goes, yeah, I, I ran them. And I'm like, okay, so obviously we've got the one over here. We've got the one over there. The one over there, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. You know, that one is not a true comparable. What they did was they did this. And so I, I really hope that that doesn't affect the overall average. But um, I would say our best comparable is probably the one over here on 7th Street. Um, it's got the same of everything. So, I mean, we're hoping, we're expecting somewhere around 200. We're hoping for somewhere between 200 to 205. Um, but that's that's entirely up to you. I mean, feel free to ask me any questions and I can... Um, and I can definitely answer it for you. That right there, you know, like now he's like, okay, that's what they're expecting. I'll see what I can do. And that's exactly what can he said. I ju- can I justify that? Yeah. That's exactly what he said. Well, we'll see what we can do. I don't know. I mean, that other one, it does. I do have to take that into consideration, but we'll see what we can do. Um, I had one where like a very similar example to what I just said. And he pulled a comparable for a suited house that was like seven and a half kilometers, the opposite direction mm-hmm. that was in a nicer neighborhood. And he used that comparable, which was significantly higher than all the other ones, just so that my average would go up. Yeah. And he could justify it. So, um, all of those things, make sure you're, you know, it's nice. It's clean, you know, and, and you show up, you you're prepared. If they ask you any questions, you've got it. Um, don't listen to anyone that tells you to like lay it all out in a, in like a, have a performance, you know, a presentation ready for them, like lay it all out and see, I, I've, 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 I present to you all the comparables. I just want you to know that it should be this and, 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 um, ignore this one. And if you tell them how to do their job, you know, it's like, it's like someone coming into your workplace and telling you how to do your job. 
you're not going to like it very much. But if you're pleasant and you're nice and you're prepared and you have the answers when they ask you, you should get what you want. But just to get back to the actual question, now that we have an overview of... We are doing our townhouse burr and we want to make sure we get our desired ARV. I know. I answered the basement question. Yes, yes. But so so she also threw in another question there is like, should we at least paint the black walls and like those types of things? No. So one thing that I just want to say to take into consideration when you're doing your renovation, because it's not always just about the ARV. Yes, you have an outcome that you want to, um, you know, get a certain amount of money out of out of the project that you're doing. But this is also a rental property in your portfolio that mm-hmm. you are attracting tenants for. And <clears throat> if you just have a dungy, dirty basement that you're going to do nothing with because it's not going to affect your ARV, you might have another problem on your hands. So when you go to try to rent it, sure, you have a nice um, upper floor and you've you've done some nice renovations and, you know, it, it's good. But then when they go downstairs, what feeling do they get when they open the door and they go downstairs to go to their laundry? Are they, are they freaked out and don't ever want to go down there and it's disgusting? Or have you cleaned it up and maybe painted those black walls and made it brighter down there? You know, Annette, I know you were listening to um, Calvin Hexter and Wayne's uh, live yesterday. You just read my mind. (laughs) Go ahead. And, um, you know, different type of situation. We were flipping the townhouse to sell it. But I walked into the townhouse because Wayne's Wayne's basically bought it without me ever seeing it because we have trust. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I walked in there the first time, I think, when we were taking possession. And I opened the basement door and I was like, Literally, I think I had an audible because it was dark. It was a beat up cement wall with torn up um, drywall up top. It was like partially drywalled and the drywall was all like beat to crap. Yeah. And it was dark. There wasn't a light at the top there. It was like, uh, yeah. Anyways, I just like I got the chills. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that's as a woman or like whatever, but I would not open that door and be okay just like trotting my way down there to do laundry. Right. So you need to keep in mind that you are still need to be appealing to the tenant profile that you're bringing in. And that that's just one of those reasons for when people are looking at different rental properties and they're trying to decide on on where they want to live. When they walk into yours and and they walk in and they're like, oh, this is really nice. And you know, like, oh, I really love what they did here in the kitchen. And yeah, these bedrooms are a good size. Yeah, we could totally, this is this is a great area. And then they open that door and they walk down there and it's like, ugh. So usually the last place they go is the basement. Then they come back upstairs and they go, okay, yeah. thanks, thanks for showing us. Yeah, that's, and the, that's last the last thing. Unless that kitchen is, is phenomenal that they would forget about that horrible yeah. murder scene that they just experienced <laughs> downstairs uh, or killing room, yeah. then... So I guess what I'm saying is that at the very least, I would try to brighten it up and just make it um, clean. Like, I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, I did see the pictures of your of your uh, flip property. I saw it. But so I can't quite remember. But like, is it like disgusting flooring or like, is it fine? Or is it just like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, try try to take the ick out of it and and just make it an an okay place place to go do laundry <laughs> essentially <laughs> is I guess what I'm getting at and that doesn't mean that it needs to be finished beautifully like that just means that it needs to be okay for somebody to walk down there and not be freaked out 
Mm. I hope that made sense because it's not just all about the ARV. You need to take other things into consideration. And as well, well, that's the feeling. There's an R there that that stands for rent. So you do have to rent it. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And there's also just something to be said about, yes, the appraiser is basically doing mathematics. It's this many square feet. It's this these finishes. It's been renovated. It hasn't been renovated. It's original. And but there's also there's also the feeling that they get as well that when when they go and they pull those comparables and they're like, oh, okay, well, um, you know, oh, okay, this one was really really finished and like everything was brand new and whatever, and then this one was, and they have that feeling of like that basement that was, okay, it was finished, but like it was black and disgusting. Yeah, that might impact the comparable that they choose to compare it to. Right. So feelings, Um, emotions. Yeah. There was some follow-up questions or do a better job to make sure that we get the ARV. Like, I just don't like if you spend any more money on that basement for, for the air, for the appraisal, it wouldn't increase your appraisal. Yeah. Paint. Paint. Paint is just an easy way to freshen it up. We're talking about two separate topics that we're talking about getting the most for appraisal. And we're talking about making it rentable. I a hundred percent agree. You need to paint the black and make it more bright and more inviting. Otherwise you're going to, well, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's, you need to to be rent ready, right? Mm -hmm. Not all rentals need to be high end, but at the same time, um, just know that your higher end tenants are going to be turned off off by it. Right. So um, that's, that's two separate topics. So on the topic of making sure that you get the best tenants, paint the wall for sure. Um, you know, or do you rent it to one person and then next year, once you've built up a little bit of cash flow, then, you know, Mm. you built up your reserve a little bit, then paint it, but, or you can just paint it now and then the reserve will, will pay you back over the next, you know, 12 months, either or six and a half dozen. Um, it's entirely up to you, but that's, that, that's more of a rentability, um, side to it. As far as getting the best ARV, the things that I mentioned, um, now I think Annette had mentioned something about, uh, Okay, there was a reference to uh, um, our cabin retreat. Uh, Brandy says it feels like we're eating, sleeping real estate these days, trying to absorb it all. Uh, Brandy, uh, you know what? That's literally just been our life for the last 10 years, maybe more, uh, since I started learning it. You, you get obsessed with it, and then it, it, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's, it's, it is a lifestyle, isn't it? Yes. Literally every real estate investor just like literally becomes consumed by it and they just, they are the real estate. Um, uh, what was your question here? Uh, something, something, something. One last question. If you don't get our, if we don't get our, can you read this right? Yeah. If we don't get our ARV, could we do a little more work and go back for a new one later? I mean, <laughs> wait to do the refinance until we do the extra work. Okay. So as I mentioned, there's nothing that you can really do Yeah. extra work that would change it. Yeah. Right? As long as everything is new. Like if, if you didn't re- update the bathroom, then yeah, an, an updated bathroom or, you know, an old, old shower or something like that, they're not going to they're going to knock off a little bit because the other one had a renovated one with a new shower. So, I mean, it's not going to make a huge difference, but if you did it, then that's one thing you could do. But if everything is redone, there's nothing that you can do other than wait for new sold comparables to come through that are more desirable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the market is the market. So you just need to, when you go for your, your new appraisal to refinance, 
you just need to know that there's sold comparables that are that are comparable to yours. Um, the refinance and appraisal part of the burr is the the most is the only thing you can't control. It's the riskiest part of the deal. And every deal has every real estate um, strategy has their own individual risks, right? So that is there. That is the the risk for that particular strategy because someone can just sell a brand new renovated townhouse in your complex for one hundred and forty thousand dollars, and you're expecting two hundred, mm-hmm. and they sell it for one hundred and forty the day before or a month before, and suddenly now it's worth one hundred and forty. Bam, you're done. And you're thinking to yourself, "You son of a yeah." <laughs> but that's how the market works. The market is the market. So, um, how do you avoid that? Well, you can wait. Um, you can ask your realtor to set you up on a real estate search for all sold mm-hmm. townhouses in your area that match your criteria. Mm-hmm. So then when you see that one sold or two sold, then you're like, okay, now it's time to do it. Yeah. Call up the bank again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's one strategy. Another one, what you can do is, I haven't talked about this very much in the podcast, um, but you can do flip to JV. And flip to JV is you flip it and and you sell it to your JV partner. At whatever price you guys want it to be. At whatever price you want it to be. So if you believe it's it's worth $200,000, sell it to your joint venture partner for $200,000. Okay, so they go and, just like a normal joint venture, they will go and obtain their own mortgage. They're going to buy it for $200,000. They're going to put their $40,000 down, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get your guaranteed price and you're going to get all of your money back out of it. Okay. So if you did a burr and you got it appraised at 200,000, that means that your new mortgage is going to be 160,000, right? Right. And you would get all of your money out. If you flip it and sell it to your joint venture partner, then that means you're going to get $200,000. So you're going to get all your money out, all your renovation funds. And then what you can do is you can give the additional $40,000 to your joint venture partner. And they don't have any money in the deal. Mm-hmm. Six and a half dozen. It's the exact same thing. But then you're a 50% owner instead of 100. Yes. You're giving, you're giving up a share of that property, a percentage of that ownership. However... It's the exact same thing. It's great for a joint venture partner because yes, they had to come up with $40,000 initially to close on it. But then when the money transfers, the $200,000 transfers from their lawyer to your lawyer, your lawyer is going to pay out your underlying financing. It's going to give you a big chunk of cash. From that cash, you're going to pay off the renovation funds. You're going to have a little over $40,000 in an extra equity or profits, right? If you did the burr, then your $40,000 worth of equity would have been within within the property. You would have had $160,000 mortgage, the house would have been worth 200, right? But if you do it this way, it's the exact same thing, except you give the $40,000 back to your joint venture partner, so they have, now they have no investment in it. So, would I give up 50% of the deal to a joint venture partner who's only carrying a mortgage? Probably not. I would probably 
mm-hmm. change that percentage, maybe like a 70-30 or 75-25. Yeah. But I bet that joint venture mm-hmm. partner would also happily leave 5000 of their money as a reserve fund. <laughs> oh, 100%. If, I mean, imagine, imagine you're a new investor and you've got a little bit of money and you're trying to figure out how to invest it. And someone comes along and offers this to you. Mm-hmm. And says, all you need to do is put the $40,000 up front. Once the money transfers over into my account, I give you the $40,000 back. You keep 25% of the deal. Mm-hmm. I manage everything. You don't have to do a thing. Investors probably thinking, or money partners probably thinking, so I only have to put the money in for like a day or two, and then you transfer <laughs> it back. And then all I have to do is carry a mortgage, and you do everything, and I get 25% of the deal? Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> can we... Can, can we, we do that again? <laughs> can we do it again and again and again? How many times can we do that? How many mortgages can I get? Yeah. Right? And suddenly they're building a portfolio of however many doors, you know, building up all that wealth over time. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have to put any money into it. All they had to do was carry mortgages. Just think about how many friends and family members that you know that you could help with that strategy. Yeah. Aunts cousins, grandma, uncles, friends, people who are in situations where they're never going to be able to save any money and invest it for retirement. They're doomed because they live paycheck to paycheck, but they have a good job. They have good credit and they can qualify for a mortgage. And you can help them do that, what, eight times? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe more, depending on how good their their income is and how good their debt servicing is. <clears throat> You just you just, you just solve their problem for them, right? Even though it's only twenty five percent or whatever you decide to give them twenty percent for carrying a mortgage, that right there is is going to change their life because otherwise they have no other options. Mm-hmm. And you, it's win win. It's you don't have to carry financing. You got your guaranteed appraisal. You got all your money out it out of it, and in exchange, you just gave away twenty twenty five percent of the deal in order to have them carry the mortgage. Yeah. So you're actually going to do significantly more. So you, what you should be doing now is literally taking a pen and paper and literally naming everyone who could benefit from this because you're about to help 40 people and you're about to get 40 properties and you're not going to have to carry one mortgage and you're going to have zero investment in it. Yeah. Just going to have to manage your innovation. Find, find good deals. And that right there is actually the easy part. Mm -hmm. The hard part is the appraisal. I told you in the bird, the hard part is the appraisal. The easy part is building a team who finds you deals. You, you know exactly what it is that you want. You tell them what it is that you want. They send it to you and they say, hey, I found you what you want. You look at it real quick and just do your diligence. Yes, this is exactly what I want. Please close. Send it off to your lawyer. Lawyer drafts it all up, right? Mm-hmm. During that time, you send the pictures over to your contractor. Say, hey, we're starting here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to do this here. We're going to do this, 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 and this. Here's what it's going to cost. Or, you know, they say what it's going to cost. It fits within your budget, everything else. You tell them to go do it. You just check in on them. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then you just, your responsibility is to build that network with those money partners or those joint venture partners. Go to your list, have a call with them, and tell them I got one lined up. Are you ready? If you're really good at that, if you really sell yourself really well and you build up a good, solid, trustable brand as a trustworthy person, as an investor that people can trust, they'll be fighting over it, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you? 
Hell like yeah. if you didn't know everything that you knew, Gabby, yeah. and, and you, but you wanted to invest in real estate, but I don't have any money mm-hmm. and I don't want to do anything. It's a hundred percent what I would do. This is like mortgage ability is something that everybody has. Most people have, but they just don't know how to use it. It's, it's a valuable resource. I mean, like, honestly, like Wayne, can we just like sell all of our properties and do that? <laughs> Calm down, Gabby. I said, if we didn't know everything we knew, we're talking, this is a valuable for people who don't know yeah. and that don't want to know. And that just, they want someone to show them how to do it. Mm-hmm. There's so many extensions of what, no, with that being said, Gabby, do that. And then I can add so many additional extensions to this is what I like doing at the cabinetry. Okay. And then people, I'll, I'll explain this to someone and be like, whoa, I didn't know that was possible. That just made the burr so much easier. The whole risk of the burr and the appraisal is completely out the window. I, I didn't know this is possible. And then I sit down with them. I say, okay, now you're going to list off all the people. And then they're like, holy shit, I'm going to help 50 people. I'm going to have 50 properties. And that solves my mortgage problem. Holy shit, I didn't know. I thought I could only get four mortgages because some guy in a webinar told me. Now I can get 50. And I don't even give a shit that I gave up 20% or I only own 75% of them. I'm going to be able to help so many people. I got 50 fucking properties. It's amazing. And then I say, okay, and now you're going to add in rent to own a green for sale and all these other cool things. And, 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 and then I start, you know, then I'll blow your mind about how all the other different strategies that we can add on to increase the ROI even more. Mm-hmm. There's so many cool things you can do, but that's just one example right there. I think yeah. that just the, the, the flip to JV is, is enough to yeah. build a significant portfolio, Absolutely. do it 50 times in the next two, three, five years, and then just sit back and wait, Yeah. wait for them all to, to increase in value. Wait for the mortgages to pay down. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Easy. Yeah. Do you have any comments? Yes, we do. Um, okay, well. Not the direction I was planning on going today. Somewhere back there, Annette asked, uh, what did you guys do with the ceiling? Anything? Mm. Um, so I don't know if you're referring to the one that we have in that complex or the flip that I had mentioned. Is Is the ceiling done in her? Yeah, um, Annette, yeah, is the ceiling finished? Is there a ceiling or like what exactly are we comparing to? Um, Because we, in the the one in that complex that we own, we did not touch the ceiling. But it was done. It was done, yeah. I can't remember what kind of shape it was in. Ceiling tile or something. I actually know what the room was drywalled. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like uh, again. Don't overthink it. Don't, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't touch the ceiling. <laughs> it's not going to help your ARV. To be honest, I'm just telling you because I've seen it. Um, and that just paint the walls. Yeah. Just spend a couple hours and paint the walls. It's going to be a, actually going to be a few, more than a couple hours because it's, it's black. black. Yeah. Um, black will be difficult to paint because you got to prime that. Why did somebody times. paint a, a basement black? It's so weird. Uh, kids, teenagers. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. And then Brandy said that, uh, they've scraped, painted and retextured ceilings. We do it in most of our properties, brightens it up, looks fresher. Mm. <clears throat> For sure. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's plenty of things you can do to, to make ceilings look better, but in this situation, you do not need to spend the money doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Larissa asks a great question. Do all lenders use their own appraisers or will some allow a privately hired one? Is it worth building a good relationship with an appraiser that can potentially help you get your targeted ARV? Mm, As far as I know, the lenders 
call yeah the appraisers I, you can't use your own and then just be like hey buddy i think the only situation where you would be able to hire your own appraiser is if you are getting private uh money and yeah. the person you are borrowing from is just Wants okay with going and getting yeah whoever yeah. to do the appraisal uh but yeah, I mean, we've my, certainly never been able to choose my general opinion. understanding is that each they'll have like a list of preferred yeah. uh, vendors, each banker institution th has they'll yeah. call whichever one can get in the quickest. Yeah. Just scrolling through here. Um, I'm going to come back to that just in case there's any other. How many oh, okay. So Annette says um, you had mentioned the ceiling was partially falling down. So that was in the flip. So it wasn't falling down. It was just super beat up. And um, we just, all that our all that we had our contractor do was like clean it up, like take all of, you know, when like drywall gets damaged and it starts like flaking off like a big chunk will like be kind of ripped up and hanging mm -hmm. on by the little cardboard part. We just like cleaned it up and then it got painted along with the rest of it. Cause we, all we did, it was a completely unfinished basement. We just painted the walls, painted the floor, the concrete floor, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it was a nice bright. Oh, we also painted the uh, stairs as well, the wood yeah. stairs. We painted them the same gray as the concrete. Annette says that there's no ceiling. Again, I, I, I don't think you should do it. It's going to cost no. you um, at least $2,000 Yeah. to either drywall it or to have suspended ceiling put up or ceiling tiles. I don't think it's worth the labor for Bradley to do it. No. It's, it's, that's unless you're like going all out finishing the basement for a living space like a bedroom or a really nice like rec room that you're not gonna get that money back and it's not gonna make a significant enough amount of a difference yeah to somebody I, even on the renting it side unless it comes down to rentability and you're okay with having a few extra thousand dollars left in the deal that's that's up to you um but um tenant profile tenant profile just remember that again who is renting that townhouse in that area um just close your eyes and just imagine the type of people that are going to be that are going to be coming and applying for it and what they're going to be expecting and what um within their their this sounds terrible but within their affordability what types of townhouses are they seeing that particular day before they see yours and what are they seeing afterwards um, I don't know if you've toured townhouses or seen townhouses that have sold on the market, um, excluding maybe Gabby and, and, and my projects. Most of them are pretty original. They're, they're not the nicest. Okay. So their expectations are a little bit lower. So um, working class families that are going to be living there for quite some time, you know, they're not expecting high end finishes in the basement. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to increase your rent. It's very likely not going to bump you into a, a, a new, um, another grade of tenants or mm -hmm. a higher tenant profile. Um, it's, it's, it's mostly coming down to townhouse rentals are mostly coming down to affordability. Yeah. You're not going to get professionals because it's, 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 it's a very high end finished basement. So you're still going to get the same people calling you regardless. Um, and Unless it's like a very high end finish down there where they're going to put a TV and, and it's going to be a rec room. It's very likely just going to be a place for the kids to go with their toys. 
very likely a family is not going to go down there because there's no natural light. The, the TV in the living space is going to be upstairs where there's natural light. So that space is just an extra space, probably where there's going to be some sort of an office or something like that. Someone's going to put a desk, a teenager's going to live down there and they're not supposed to live down there because there's no window. You know what I mean? Like, or, or it's just going to be a kid's space with like plastic toys everywhere. That's, that's probably what's going to end up happening. Mm-hmm. So that's just my thoughts of like why I don't think for rentability, it's worth doing the ceiling. And then I don't think, as Gabby said, spending the money, you're, you're not going to get it back on, on your appraisal. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian asks, with no ceiling, would it still qualify as a finished basement? Yeah, it says borderline. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I don't think it's going to make a difference. I really don't. Uh, yeah. Most most townhouses don't have finished basements, yeah. Unless it's a high end um, renovation, yeah, for sure. Um, and also look at your comparables. Have you run them recently? Well, that's the other thing is run your comparables yeah. when you're ready to do it and see what you're lo- like what you're trying to compare to. Yeah. And if they all have finished basements, I mean, just ask your realtor. Hey, what do you think? Yeah. For sure. Um. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through here. Um, Robbie did have a pretty big question that I was thinking could possibly be good to leave until tomorrow. Okay. Do you want me to read the question or? Some, uh, Let's save it because that could. I, I was just reading another one. I'll, I'll go uh, scrolling up now. What layout design plans would you recommend? Yeah, let's uh, definitely save that for uh, tomorrow. Because, yeah, that could, that's a whole a whole other topic that's a that great question get into. that's and a it's terrific awesome. question yeah and, it's um, a really good question and robbie there's no way in hell i would be able to answer that in, in six seven minutes. minutes six minutes <laughs> uh, so i want to i want to give you uh, i want to give you the full answer yeah um so i'll save that question right there was there another question that was just above it uh just below it um so um, th- may I say, just thanks. Thank you so much, everybody, for getting involved today and, yeah. and joining in on the discussion. Uh, we really, really love this and, and love that you guys are getting your questions in and they're getting them answered. And, and hope, hopefully for like, a net, especially a net today, it's, it's, it's clearing up a lot of uncertainty that you have about what to do and what not to do so that you can move forward. And I'm super excited to see how things play out. Uh, I'm also super excited to see if you're able to find a joint venture partner to flip it to, because I mean, that right there is... Um, it's going to take it to the next level. Um, sorry, I was, I didn't realize that I hadn't scrolled down and there was a whole bunch more comments. <laughs> I was reading through them. Um, I was trying to understand uh, Josh's comments. So he said that his sister is finishing her basement and they just sprayed the bottom of the joists. Yes. Uh, paint or, or like a, yeah, the, the well, insulation that's... stuff. Um, the, the yeah, Ryan up, uh, asked sprayed as in painted, and he said, yeah, it sort of looks uh, looks sort of commercial-like. Yeah, we almost did that at our um, our Mayfield um, renovation. Right. Because it was just the, the joists were nice and clean, and we were trying to decide whether, like, because I'd seen some pictures that, that showed that, and it actually brightens it up quite a bit. Yeah. And it kind of has, like, an industrial kind of commercial kind of thing going on, but... Um, I mean, it's not going to consider, they're not going to consider it as a finished. No, it's uh, still it'll be a partially finished, but that's what we did to make our basement partially finished for our flip. We painted the the floor gray 
painted the stairs gray, fresh coat of paint, and then we painted the walls white. It was still unfinished, mm -hmm. but the fact that it was painted and clean and bright, we were able to say partially finished. Mm -hmm. um, one extra thing we were going to do, but we didn't want to, um, what we didn't do was we were going to spray the joists, as you said. The problem, the reason why we didn't do it, Gab, I don't know if I ever told you this, there's no windows in that basement. Mm. So you use a sprayer in there, it would have just, it, it, there's nowhere to go. Mm. It would have been an absolute mess. And like, we wouldn't be able to get any air movers. Like, where would you move it? Mm -hmm. You got to get the air mover to like, literally, <laughs> like out up the stairs, out the back door. So that's why, you know, if you're going to do something like that, make sure you got airflow. Um, otherwise, it's just going to go into the ventilation. Like, where does it go? Mm -hmm. Right? The, 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 um, yeah, whatever. Cool. Um, okay. And then, uh, the last question here that you can touch on, um, you have talked about this a lot in the past is how many mortgages can I get? Cause you were talking about what was this know, question? if you have joint ventures that can get all your mortgages, all of a sudden you can get so many more, but how many can I get? Where is this question? right after Robbie's right? Oh, okay. Okay. Carlos. Yes, I believe so. Uh, it depends. Yeah. Come to the cabin retreat and ask Cheryl Wilkes and she'll explain to you uh, and she will, exp she will not give a simple answer. She will give a Wayne, a Wayne level answer. Well, she'll go on a rant for 45 minutes. I have tried to understand this. I have asked the same question and there is no explanation. Uh, it is so, it's also so dependent on you. Yes. And your situation and your resources. Affordability, <laughs> debt servicing. Your job. Debt to income What you ratio, own. What you own. <laughs> Your truck lease. <laughs> and then it comes down to the individual. So obviously work with a mortgage broker who can help you navigate all of the lenders because all of each lender has their own individual rules and you need to navigate around all of each of the lenders and all their rules. One lender says you can have two mortgages with them. One lender says you can have two mortgages with us. One lender says you can have five mortgages total. One lender between says all this, of the lenders. between all the lenders. And so you need to, and then, you know, one lender, the, the one lender over there that was really good, well, theirs is 25 year amortization and all the other ones are 30 year amortization. And the one over here has higher interest rates than the other one over there. But they'll so, let you get, get five with them. <laughs> it's, it's, and you have to look at all of them and figure out which one do I go to first? Yeah. And if I go to this one first, and that means I'll be able to get three with these guys, and then I'll be able to get five more with these guys, so long as my debt servicing ratios stay, you know, within, yeah. um, I, I stay within, you know, the ratios that I need to stay within. It's, it's so hard to navigate. And I mean, the best thing to have is a really great credit score over 700 to have a really great job where you make uh, a, a combined income of over $150,000 a year. And and also uh, next to no debt payments, no vehicle loans, no revolving credits or debt, sorry. Um, that's your best, That if you wanna like position yourself the best, all of those things, and then just have a really good investor-focused mortgage broker tell you where to go. And be, and don't be, don't criticize, well, I don't want to go to them because their interest rates higher than these other guys. You may have to go with someone who has less desirable terms first so that you can continue to get more mortgages down the line. And you can't be thinking yeah, about interest think rate. Small. You can't think small about think this next mortgage. Picture. You have to think big picture in order to get to over six or eight. Um, generally, they say six or eight. Um, and that it changes because you'll, you know, your mortgage broker can 
take an afternoon and explain all this to you about all the different lenders and all the different rules and explain to you why we're going here, 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 here. And then in two weeks, one of the lenders changes their rules. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It's it's so complicated and hard to keep up with. You have to with. adapt and, and yeah. Yeah. Work with a good broker. Um, where was I going with that? So how many can you get? It's it. Well, once once you get all your residential mortgages done, and you can obviously go commercial, so you can start a corporation at that time, and then buy within your corporation, and uh, it'll be less desirable interest rates, less desirable terms. Um, however, you'll be able to get more mortgages, and at that point, they qualify the property, and not you. Obviously, they're still going to check on you and your net worth just to make sure. But if you go commercial, then they'll they'll qualify the property. But you want to take advantage of all of your residential property and mortgages first. Mm-hmm. Um, residential side on it. Oh, sorry. The other thing I was going to add was that um, the reason why you can only get to six or eight is because each of these lenders, um, they also calculate how much they also the amount of rent that they calculate towards covering your expenses is different for each lender. Mm -hmm. So if you're qualifying for a property, they'll say we'll use 80% of market rent. Okay. So you've got a cash flowing property, right? It has, and I'm not gonna do the math now because we don't have time, but it's say $1,700 worth of rent and uh, your expenses are $1,400. Okay. And you're thinking I'm cash flowing 300 bucks a month. Uh, it's, It's fitting within the DCRs, right? Yeah, the math. Yeah, simple math. It's fitting within the DCRs, right? It's all good. It's 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 we're, we're like what's what's the problem? Well, what they're saying is is that they're only using eighty percent of that seventeen hundred. They're only actually using thirteen sixty. Your what did I say the expenses were fourteen hundred. Yeah, I think so. So there you go. Right there, you're negative, negative forty bucks. Yeah. Right. So your rental. Is servicing the rent is servicing thirteen sixty of your fourteen hundred dollars of expenses. The additional forty dollars they're going to pull that from your personal income. So you have to debt service the whole portfolio as a whole, including your personal income from your job and the rental income. But if the rental income is falling short, they're going to pull from your personal income. Okay. And you're not just servicing the debt of the expenses on the, you know, the expenses on the property. You're also servicing expenses in your own personal life as well. Your car payments, your credit card payments, your, your housing expenses, your heating costs, those types of things. They're taking all those expenses into consideration and they want to make sure that you can, you're fitting within a certain ratio, a debt servicing ratio. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, say for example, it was $1,400 worth of expenses and your rent was 1600 80% of that is $1,280. You need to, you, they're going to pull $120 out of your personal income. So it's fine now, right? You've got cash flow in your personal income, right? You're doing good. You're still falling within the ratio and it's, it's going good. One property, two property, three properties, four properties. Let's say six properties now, right? And each of them, you're servicing $120. Now you need to service $720 a month out of your personal income. That's so why I'm saying the more income that you have, if you have a good dual income, at least $150,000 a year, and you don't have any loan payments, you're going to get more mortgages than someone who makes $50,000 a year or $100,000 a year. 
uh, but they have a truck payments and they got a credit card revolving payment, a lot of credit yeah. payment stuff. So because they have to service those those expenses, those monthly payments. Does that does that did I explain that properly? Yeah. So debt servicing is very difficult, and each bank they're not fair. This is seventeen hundred dollars worth of rent. I'm cash flowing. Yeah. Why are you saying that it's it's well, it's because of the way they calculate it. They're 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 calculating it from they're um, covering their asses from a risk perspective. Yeah. In the event that the rents go down, are you still going to be able to service that debt? Yeah. Those payments. Yeah. Right. So that is why the number floats around between six and eight. It's all dependent on your income. It's dependent on the cash flow, the like the rental income that you have coming in, the cash flow. Um, and then it's also dependent on the banks. Mm-hmm. And there are rules, and sometimes it's eighty percent. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe it might be seventy yeah. percent. Yeah. And and you need to navigate yourself around that. Yeah. And as a side note, um, vehicle loans, vehicle payments are the killer of mortgage approvals. Hundred <laughs> percent. Don't buy a stupid vehicle and have a high vehicle payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, these are also additional questions. I'm I'm, I'm throwing in the plugs today, but like seriously, these are the type of conversations that we're having at the cabinet retreat. Yes, that's why I say come to the cabinet retreat, talk to Cheryl. But like you know, when we're talking about what you're going to do, and you're like, I'm going to buy 20 properties, and I'm not going to use any joint venture partners. I'm like, okay, that's cool. All right, that's a plan. All right, you're doing it for a specific reason. Now let's walk through it. Let's let's work our way backwards. How are you going to get those mortgages? Mm-hmm. And we need to come up with a plan. So we're going to go talk to Cheryl. Cheryl's going to say, mm, sorry, you only make $120,000 a year. And you're like, I make $120,000 a year. I don't have any friends that make that much money. Well, if you want to do that, you're going to have to have a much higher income. You're also going to need to pay off that truck. I don't want to pay off that truck. Sell it. <laughs> Sell it. Like, So we're going to work through a plan, reverse engineering it to figure out how we're going to get you to that. And if we can't, whether you're stubborn or whether it's just not possible, we're going to come up with an alternative plan and get you a roadmap towards getting that goal. And that might mean 40 properties with fifty jo- uh, with, with joint venture partners because mm-hmm. you're only getting 50% of it now. And we'll figure out how to navigate that, how to get them their mortgages, how to pitch it to them. We'll come up with a clear plan. But the issue and why we say that no, like this is the, the where you need to be is because the cabinetry is because most people just think one dimensionally and they say, I want to get 20 properties and that's it. And they go out and they try and then they're like, it doesn't work. This is too hard. It's too hard. And then Everybody's they get into analysis no. paralysis because they had a conversation with their mortgage broker. They got one property. They got two property. We're fucking killing it. We're getting our properties. And they get to their fourth and the mortgage broker says, I'm sorry, you're not approved. And you're like, I got $120,000 a year and I, I've got all this money saved up. And now what is this nonsense? Well, it's because you didn't plan it properly. Mm-hmm. And then you get stuck in analysis paralysis and say, screw those guys. I'm going to another mortgage broker. And then, you know, you put it on your to-do list. I need to call the other mortgage broker and you don't ever do it. And you can, you can understand you're kind of seeing the, my perspective of watching people do this all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, year in, year. Like I see people doing this all the time and I'm like, I just wish I could explain it to them. <laughs> right. So that's why we, we, we put this thing together to explain people, to show them how to do it. Um, but, you know, you get stuck and then three years passes, four years passes, maybe you give it up and you come back to it and you have a breakthrough moment and someone gets sick or there's a pandemic and you look at it, you lose your job and you're like, oh, it's never happening to me again. This year, I'm going to build my real estate portfolio and I'm going to hire a coach for $20,000. And and that didn't work because they didn't handhold you and they didn't help you make a plan. They just gave you more education, which is not what you need. Mm-hmm. You don't need education. You need a plan. Yeah. I take this stuff very seriously. I'm very passionate about it, as you can tell. Yeah. 
I, I just I just sat here quietly. I let you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we do have to wrap it up. Um, so I'm going to give Robin a couple of really quick answers, and I'm not going to let Wayne speak. So, Are you muting me? Yeah, I'm. I, if I could, if I had control of the uh, settings, okay, for I would. the record. Everly does not have to go to school today. We can stay on for two hours. I'm just saying, let's stay on for two hours. <laughs> um, so Robin asked, uh, is corporate better for getting more mortgages? Um, the short answer is, uh, which Wayne did say, is once you exhaust your residential mortgages with your broker who gave you a really good plan to get the most out of them, then at that point, corporate is great for being able to get more. Talk to your accountant, talk to your mortgage broker, and make a plan. Don't just be like, oh, I heard I can get more with corporate. I'm going to do that instead. Have a plan. Talk to the professionals. Um, and then Robin also asked, is it always better to have really good cash flow? Personally, I think you should always try to get the most amount of cash flow that you can. Yes. What was the question, sorry? Um, is it always better to have really good cash flow? Because you were talking about how you need to debt service it. So um, yes, try to buy, try to buy My cash flow until properties. <laughs> yes, all. Uh, hey, I didn't give you permission. <laughs> Go ahead. Because of all the reasons that I just listed. Yes, um, but when you get started, sometimes you take what you can get. Okay. Yes. So yes, but have a plan. Have a plan. It's okay to have negative cash flowing properties when you start out. If you have a plan, mm -hmm. can I give them a plan? Nope. <laughs> Call in and ask tomorrow. Yes. And I'll give you some ideas. Yeah. I got so many ideas. I really enjoyed this episode. Did Thank you? you, Annette, for opening the conversation up. And God bless Annette. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to try to wrap this up and Wayne's going to be like, and... My lips are sealed. I'm going to let you go ahead. No, I got nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Well, thank you guys, and I hope you have an awesome Thursday. I, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Click. Click the button. God. Thanks for listening <laughs> to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 